Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, we'll hear from our guest, Jennifer Krippner, about humanizing the experience for leaders, physicians, nurses, pharmacists, and patients. Hope you enjoy. All right. So today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Jennifer Krippner, who is a healthcare leader and is passionate about relationships and obsessed with humanizing the experience for leaders, physicians, nurses, and patients and families. She is the Chief Experience Officer at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence and has helped transform over 70 organizations around the world since joining the IG team in 2016. As a former healthcare system executive, she has been able to create and build a culture of excellence, define and lead with connection and heart, and create efficiency and quality processes that improve the experience for all. She's a recognized expert in the field of patient experience and human-centered care and has over 25 years of experience in strategic planning, patient experience, physician development, and employee community engagement. She is most passionate about building and nurturing connections and relationships. Before her lead role at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence, Jennifer was the Director of Physician Development and guest public relations at Maple Grove Hospital in Minnesota. While there, she led staff-driven patient experience advisory teams and developed projects that directly contributed to consistent top-tier performance and key patient and staff satisfaction results. Jennifer, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you. Wow, so great to be here with you today. I appreciate that wonderful introduction. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a bit about your personal life. Great. So I, as you said, I'm in Minnesota, have lived my whole life here and have been able to spend my career in healthcare, which I think is is a great um, testimony to really loving, giving back to the communities in which I lived and served and have really enjoyed being on the healthcare delivery side of healthcare up until 2016. And that is when I joined the Institute for Healthcare Excellence and have really enjoyed the opportunity to actually travel around the country, watching, seeing, and experiencing how other healthcare systems um, help transform their organizations. Yeah, wonderful. Well, maybe you could first tell us a little bit about IHE or the Institute for Healthcare Excellence, what that is and uh, how you support healthcare teams on their journey to peak performance through that. Sure. So I joined the Institute for Healthcare Excellence in 2016. It was relatively a new organization uh, that had been formed out of uh, a need 
from um, many different angles, actually, really started at an organization in Florida that had said, you know, we're really not delivering on our patient experience promise. And the the patients had really been saying, you know, you're not delivering up to your brand promise. And the the organization had said, okay, well, we really need to think of how can we create a program that really helps our clinicians and our team members deliver the best experience for our patients and families. And so they developed a program that was successful and really changed around how their culture and how their teams were able to deliver the best patient experience. And they were able to leave that organization and go to a North Carolina organization and prove out the same curriculum, the same program, and uh, really thought, okay, this is a program that's kind of catching fire. And so from there, they decided, well, we need to offer this to other healthcare systems around the country. So about 2014, they developed the Institute for Healthcare Excellence. And when I was working in Minnesota, I was was, um, exposed to this organization and I thought, well, I really, I really want to learn more and become part of this team that really has, helps transform organizations across the country. So that's when I joined IHE in 2016. And we're really able to go into a healthcare organization, whether it's because they're um, not up to par on their patient experience, whether they've perhaps had a safety issue or their quality metrics aren't quite where they want it to be, or they're having some retention issue. And we're able to really go in and diagnose where they're at, um, do an assessment, see if they're struggling with burnout, um, many different reasons organizations will call us in. And that's when we help them um, really develop that nurture and nurture that trust and respect and compassion in which probably they all decided they wanted to go into healthcare either from a leader or a clinician perspective. And so we help them kind of understand what their passion was um, to go into healthcare in the first place. And we help them create a breakthrough that really engages them in a um, self-understanding and self-sustaining culture that really helps forge kind of that change that's needed. Um, Ultimately, our goal is to create like you said in the beginning, that peak performance or performance-driven culture that enhances their own well-being, um, that can also provide greater stability, right, because they're not seeing um, that retention strategy um, being broken. And then that also then allows them for building new capacities for growth, which I think everybody around the country is wanting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, um, Jennifer, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about, you know, is it, you know, you're working more with individuals um, or, you know, obviously with with teams, how do you decide which teams to come in and work with specifically? Um, Is it, you know, clinician teams, Mm -hmm. like all different teams? How do you approach that work when, you know, say... Um, healthcare system yeah, realizes that they are, you know, in need of some support. You know, how do you, how do you guys go in and approach that? Right. So, if an organization were to um, call us and say we're having a problem with 
um, let's say burnout, we would go in and, and really chat with the, you know, either the, the executive that would champion this work or the, the physician leader that would champion this work and understand kind of where they're at, where their um, kind of systemic issues are coming from. And then we would help tailor and understand where where do we need to start from? Do you want to do an organization-wide program? Is there a unit or department that specifically is struggling and should we start there? We have, um, if it's from a leadership perspective, we have a human-centered leadership program uh, that we would begin with, whether it's the executive leadership, frontline leadership, we have a program that's tailored to meet all of those needs. Um, because really, if, you're, if your leadership team um, really needs to be on board to champion this type of work, and so really starting with the leadership team we feel is important. And, um, you know, a lot of times we, we go into leadership and we have all the technical skills to be able to lead, right? We, we know how to hire, um, we know how to do P&L, we know, we know how to do those things, but how, how, do, we, how do we really truly um, know how to lead people, how to, how to be, um, provide the right feedback, how to be um, appreciative of our teams and recognize people in the day-to-day moments. And so we really help them to be the best human-centered leaders that they can be. And so that's a really great place to start for organizations. Okay, great. Now, you know, there are, uh, as a pharmacist, and there Mm -hmm. are a lot of pharmacists and, uh, you know, future pharmacists or others in that industry that are listeners of the show, um, we, you know, as most other groups, uh, I would say in healthcare, burnout is just mm-hmm. rampant, especially um, after you know the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, have you been engaged by any um, pharmacist groups, or have you been able to work specifically with any of the pharmacy teams um, we- thus far? Yes, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And we have worked specifically with just a pharmacy, um, pharmacy department within an organization, actually two organizations. And um, just because of what you're saying, right, the, the burnout was high, the turnover was high. And um, actually, some of their processes really needed to be um, reviewed and supported by their team getting in in tune with um, taking a step back and really looking at um, what's going well and how do we shine a light on what's going well and really celebrate and, and think about how can we learn from what's going well and apply that to areas that um, maybe weren't going so great and what can we learn from what we're doing well and and bring that to the same areas that really needed um an opportunity to improve on. And so we did that um, with a couple, um, you know, pharmacy departments. And then in within that, as we think about removing those hassles, um, a lot of times that's where organizations stop. They, right, they, we're we're really good at pointing out what's not going well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a lot of times we're focused on fixing what's not going well, but mm-hmm. we don't always stop and say, 
okay, we know it's not going well. We can see that that process isn't going well. So let's fix that. And then let's move to the next thing that's not going well. But when we worked with these pharmacies, we stopped and said, okay, yes. And let's also add some joy into that process now. Let's do a both and. Let's fix what's broken, but also let's add some joy into this process because that's where we're going to move from burnout to thriving. When we can really take a moment uh, to really think through, yep, we're stripping out this waste, we're creating a new process, we've engaged the frontline teams and the people that are going to actually be working on this process. Now, how can we also add in some joy into that process? And that's really where that human-centered Um, design comes into play uh, because that's what's really going to focus on creating those relationships with our team members. Perhaps it's creating relationships with the people, um, our patients and families that we're serving. They also are going to be affected by these processes that we're changing. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we can help our teams when we're looking at um, shifting our focus uh, away from not only the negative, but also to the positive. Yeah. Interesting. And so a lot of your background is in the patient experience, but, but it sounds like a lot of, you know, the work that you're, you do with IIT, uh, and supporting the healthcare teams is really about the employee experience and helping improve that culture. Um, so, you know, another thing that that we've seen in the last two, three years uh, in the workforce is a shift towards more remote opportunities. Um, have you, you know, seen this a lot in healthcare? And um, any tips or things that you have for helping to cultivate those? relationships and teams, um, for those groups that are virtual, uh, and, you know, connected remotely? Well, I think that's a great question and it's so important. Um, and it is about the team. It is about the people that we work with because when we, uh, feel connected to, and we build relationships with the people that we work with, we are going to feel better and we're going to we're going to operate and perform better. And when we do that, our patients and families are going to feel better. And so it is important that we look internally um, and we look actually at ourselves as well. And so um, it is important that when we're remote and either when we're working with teams remotely or even when we're working with our patients and families remotely, that we do um, take that time to connect. And there are some simple things that we do at IHE to really help our employees to just take a moment to pause, to take a breath in and out so that we can be present. So when we're on the screen, on Zoom or whatever platform you use, that we are focused on the person in front of us. And that is so true for whether you're remote or you're in person, that we're not distracted. And that we feel like we have the full attention of that person in front of us and we're not multitasking and we're not distracted because that really leads to an efficient day and an efficient time together. 
if we're multitasking and I'm typing and I'm, you know, doing other tasks while we're having a meeting, I'm not going to necessarily be as efficient um, during that meeting and be able to remember, recall the things that we said we were going to do. And plus, how does that build trust and how does that build respect when you can somewhat see um, that somebody isn't paying full attention to you? And then what does that do to your relationship? Um, and with that respect. So one, um, noting that you're present and noting that you're mindful um, during that time that you're with somebody remotely is really important. And then also the second second piece and second skill that we really like to use is reflective listening. And that's really paired with being present with someone. And that is simply, um, I hear you and this is what I heard, and then reflecting back what you heard just to confirm. And if you do that, you'll save a lot of time in having to send another email. Is this really what you said? Or did you mean that? Or actually asking, actually doing a task that maybe was off the mark because you weren't paying attention fully. Hmm. Yeah, great tips there, um, for sure. So Jennifer, um, you know, the country has really doubled down on being nimble and changing processes and adding and shifting resources. Um, but, you know, we've had this burnout for many years now. Why haven't we seen, been able to see a dramatic shift from emotional exhaustion to emotional thriving? Um, such a great question. And I think during the beginning stages of COVID when everybody was on lockdown and, um, you know, we had kind of this common enemy, right? We all came together to fight COVID. Everybody came across the lines, right? The pharmacy team came together with the emergency team, came together with primary care, and the inpatient units came together. And like we crossed boundaries, right? We all came together to fight this common enemy and we we're all heroes and we all like did whatever it took. It didn't matter whose budget line item it was. It didn't matter, right? Whose, whose stack of gowns or gloves, you know, what cupboard they were in. Um, we just came together and we did what we needed to do. And before that, right, we didn't work together. We were siloed. And then the beginning of the pandemic, all those silos broke down. We came together. We rallied. We were supported. The communities around us, you know, brought in food. And everybody just, I think, became one team. And then, right, we the pandemic kept happening year after year. And we became those silos again. And the burnout rose and the burnout rose and we were tired and we forgot what it was like, I think, to work together as one team. And those silos came up and we just we for, we we just forgot what it felt like to be appreciated. We didn't appreciate one another. There weren't any positive um, feedback. It it just had had worn us down. And I think we had a glimpse and we had a few months of what it felt like to really work together as one team. And when I think about that time, we know what it felt like. We experienced it. So I think there's an opportunity to go uh, 
back to being innovative and thinking about how might we work together as one team again? How might we think about what were the good parts of those days when we could rally and come together and work across the lines to really be the best team, to really operate at peak performance, be innovative, and think about how can we be the best that we can be as one team? And what did it feel like to be thriving in those moments of despair? And uh, I think taking uh, taking a step back and thinking about that and how might we um, shift towards those those aspects, right? What can we learn from that? And I think that's where we need to shift our attention to now. And I, I always think about um, what what can we learn most of from from those days. And I'd really like to think about what what can we learn from our time together as we worked as one team, mm-hmm. and we were our strongest. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing, um, not to mention burnout, but we also see retention issues right now. And how do you feel the human-centered, relationship-centered care support those retention strategies when we are fighting for uh, workforce and people are leaving for, you know, this job opportunity or another job opportunity? Um, how do you feel that that plays a good role there? Yeah, I think um, it's a great question. And I think uh, everyone in healthcare is facing. <coughs> I think everyone in healthcare is facing those retention strategies right now um, and, and issues. And I think there's a couple things as I think about becoming one team and, and really wanting to get our teams to that state of thriving and really operating at their peak performance. And, and one is really um, tapping into our um, motivation, right? What do we all desire? We all desire a little bit of autonomy, right? We all want to be masters in our field. And you think about your pharmacists and your pharmacy techs and, and leads wanting to be, you know, doing what they do and doing it well. And, and also to really understand their purpose and the scope of not only their department, but overall in their, in their health system um, and having that connection to their coworkers. That's really important, I think, as we think about wanting to feel valued and trusted and respected. It comes down to those key relationships. And then I'm going to add this word play because I think we want to have a sense of play or fun or uh, a lightheartedness in the work that we do. And there's ways that we can add that into there. So if we're tapping into our motivation and what we desire in our day, uh, I think those things will help us stay in our current roles. But it's also important for our, our leaders to help support our well-being of our teams and create that resiliency in our teams. And there's ways that I think they are leaders, healthcare leaders can do that in that human centered way that I think they really helped do that in the beginning of the pandemic. And that is, you know, treating everybody inclusively, 
um, with respect, um, really, truly keeping people informed. I think that's another thing that really went well in the beginning of the pandemic was keeping people informed and updated on an hourly, daily basis. Not that we need to do that now, but they found ways to keep people informed. Um, also soliciting input from all roles. Um, people want to feel like their voices are heard mm-hmm. and then engaging and empowering our team members. And I think I talked about this a little bit earlier, but um you know, when we're looking at different key processes and removing hassles, you know, really engaging the people doing the actual work. Um, I also think kind of, you know, nurturing and growing our people and giving them opportunities to grow within their roles or within their departments and then providing appropriate feedback uh, and then providing appreciation on a, on a daily basis in ways that's important to that person. So I think those to me are key retention ta- tactics that all healthcare system leaders informal and formal um, could be working towards. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, this sounds like such a great resource. Um, where can people find out more information about uh, the Institute for Healthcare Excellence. Thanks for asking that. I um, can be found on our website at iheteam.com. My information is on there. I'll provide you with my email as you can put up on the podcast as well. If anybody would like to reach out, I'd be happy to have a conversation um, and just explore where you're at. And if you have any questions, be happy to, to be available. Awesome. Well, you know, I love hearing about some of these solutions because as you mentioned, we're really good about finding problems, but um, fixing those and adding joy in. Um, it's great that there are resources out there that are committed to this type of um, cultivating transformational experiences for teams. And um, we really appreciate hearing about that. And um, yes, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.